The Mission Control Podcast. Changing the way you listen. Hi everyone. Uh, episode 50. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, Michael is back from husband. Hello. But essentially you are husband, so... You're not really back. You're not really from husband. You are husband, right? You could say husband's back. Husband's back. But, I mean, it's become a band now. I mean, I think it started out as a name. Yeah. Um, a moniker. Mm-hmm. But the guys are just so important. Everyone's been so important to the actual project just by giving up their time. So, I'd say it's a band now. Yep, yep. You had a <laughs> haircut. Was, that's right. Yeah, I can't even say I'm husband anymore. I don't look... <laughs> I don't look rugged. I look clean cut. <laughs> yeah, it's cool though. I was saying to um, to uh, Sarah, your wife, last um, at the the gig at Jimmy's Den, mm. that you look like how you look like when I first met you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think uh, Claire Seb's wife said that she met you when you had long, like yeah. really like longer hair than you grew it out, like yeah. it was kind of past your shoulders. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about hair, but... Oh, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I think the whole... I think the reason I did it as mm-hmm. well... And I, I was thinking about this the other day, but the reason I did it was um, on stage, I'd, I've never had, like, this a strong personality that I can try to... that I've embodied, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you know how we used to gig as Lunar Parade and we always tried yeah, yeah, different yeah. things, but we never knew exactly who we were on stage? Or maybe, I mean, you you looked awesome, but for me, I was like, oh, I don't know. And I think growing the hair is a good way of of physically altering yourself in some sort of chance that you might sort of be able to get into a role, you know, like yeah. kind of try to be make yourself into this sort of rock star visually. And then when you look in the mirror, you sell it a bit easier to yourself. But then I don't know, I don't feel like I feel like I have my confidence now on stage. I don't mm. really need the long hair. Yeah. It becomes like almost like a security blanket, a little bit, right? For the beginning, yeah, because yeah, cause, yeah we put out this out the the EP. We won some awards, and you know, went to LA and stuff. And I just thought, oh my god, I've got to try to. I mean, I've got to sell this. I mean, the music. Hopefully, the music sells itself. Yeah. But people are always going to look at photos and judge, you know, how you look and things like that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a bit of a security blanket. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I might grow my hair and try to feel what it, what I've always try to look how I've always wanted to look mm-hmm. in a way I've always wanted to grow my hair out yep. and, and just not care but um, yeah it just came a time it just got too annoying <laughs> but I don't think I need it anymore I'm just yeah. gonna I can yeah did you stew on it for a while before you decided to cut it or was it just like immediately like nah, I'm, no I'm I gonna st- cut my hair no I stewed on it okay yeah, cool I think yeah my manager Rachel was yeah. like I don't know if you should cut it just yet <laughs> so I think I waited out like three months I wanted to cut oh, it oh okay yeah so it's been a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I remember I used to have, I used to rock the long hair like about seven, eight years ago. Mm. Um, do you remember your mullet there, where you bleached the mullet yeah, blonde? Yeah, I do remember that. I grew, I grew the back out, but kept that. kind of the top oh, short and beautiful. <laughs> I think I just got sick of being. I would walk into shops and have my back turned. And um, I'd always get, oh, um, excuse me, miss, miss? are you, yes. are you, and I'm like, and I'd turn around and they'd be like, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I think I kind of got sick of that. 
It started yeah. to like pick away at me. I was like, damn it, I'm not a girl. Yeah, it's not, annoying. Not that there's anything wrong with being a girl. Well, but, like, you're not like, a girl. I know. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, yeah. It's, it becomes awkward for them as well because they, they feel bad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really weird. So I think that, yeah, made me go the opposite. Like I just quiffed it and made it really short. But It goes to show how little we actually pay attention to each other. Like mm-hmm. I was at the bar with my wife and he goes... And the bartender was like, um, this is at the boulevard. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, ladies, what would you like to drink? <laughs> and and yeah. I don't look like a woman. I had a beard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was really sorry. He gave yeah. me a free beer. Really? So I didn't really care. And I didn't care to begin with. But it's what I find interesting is just how little we, uh, we actually look at people. Yeah, you know? yeah. You just kind of get a sense of someone. Yeah. So obviously I give off a sense of... I give off scent, a womanly sense, maybe. A feminine. Feminine sense. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah. They yeah. just take a glance and, and kind of go, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's a woman. I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah. If the listeners, if you guys hear sipping noises, I'm drinking from the biggest mug I've ever seen with a picture of the golfer yeah. on the front. And that's my a, dad's. Yeah, my dad's big into golf. Yeah. Well, the picture's something you'd find in Caddyshack, so... Yeah, it's, it's a pretty incredible mug. But sorry for the sipping noises, everyone. That's cool, man. Um, I, I used to like lay out a whole pile of munchies, but mm. then it just sounded terrible. Like people yeah. just going, hop, hop, hop. "Chips are yeah. bad." Yeah, cinema yeah. chip. Oh, oh, I was studying today at a U, at UWA, and this um, person sat down next to me and just started ah, sighing over this like bit of work that they were having to do. Yeah, and it, I, I felt like. Oh my god! What do I do? Do I tell the person that they're sighing really loud? Yeah. But and I thought I'll just move in a second. They ended up getting up frustrated and just left. But it was like I've never heard sighing so loud. Ah, oh, oh, why do they make it so hard? Oh, oh, and I was just like, yeah. yeah. You just got to. You should have gone up and went, that. "Hey, it's it's going to be all right, dude." Yeah. And, just, and then he starts crying. <laughs> uh, uni's tough, man. It's it's just... What are you studying now? Yeah. Uh, I've just started. So um, one awesome thing about being a musician is your resume looks terrible <laughs> yeah. to any potential employer. Yeah. Um, I know it's like, wow, there's, there's a gap of like two years. What the fuck were yeah, you doing? Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, there's three years where you've done nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it, it appears that you've done nothing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you would. Yeah, but you've got nothing to kind of show for. Yeah, it, but yeah. imagine saying that in a job interview. Oh, I was uh, playing guitar in my bedroom for three years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. So I've gone back to uni. I'm just doing a unit in psychology, law, philosophy, and uh, I'm doing Italian unit, trying to learn Italian. Oh, cool. It's going pretty well. Right. So is it like a, a degree? Like It'd be a major in psychology. Okay, it's the same right. thing that Sebastian from the band. He did it. Yep, cool. It's just three years. Um, Psychology is really interesting, actually. Yeah, studying it is all right, but it's a bit more technical than I imagined mm. it to be. But I mean, I, I like it. I'm going to stick with it. A lot of uni stuff is, yeah, it's just theories and jargon and concepts and all yeah. these buzzwords that they use. But when, when you break it all down, it's like, yeah, it's kind of common sense, kind of. Yeah, but of uh, yeah, it's just like really uh formal the way they elaborate on things 
Yeah, I like being 30 and going there because you have a bit of experience to draw on. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. you leave school, you actually like try to memorize the definitions of things so that you can, you know, repeat them. Mm-hmm. Or, but when you're a bit older, you can just get the idea. Yeah, and you can understand to, the actual concept as opposed to just regurgitating what you've yeah, read. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of really intelligent 17, 18-year-olds out there, but I wasn't one of them. So, yeah, None I either. just had to, like, memorize yeah. everything yeah. to get through. But now, it's just so different now. Yeah, and I think you um, you kind of appreciate uh, learning things as you get older. Yeah, like that's you, right. You, you, you can you, apply them to things. You're like, oh, mm. that's useful. Exactly, yeah, and I think you kind of take it for granted as a as a kid or as a mm. teenager. Oh yeah, there's other things just, to do. Yeah, you're just you know? wrapped up in your own ego and bullshit, and you just you don't realize how valuable things are. You yeah, know, until you're a bit older. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah I'm I'm doing like a communications bat- bachelor now. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of psychology, but it's kind of psychology and marketing. Yeah, and psychology and advertising, that sort of thing. Um, and what do you mean, a little bit of a communications? Uh, what do you mean? Wait, you're studying. A I'm studying bachelor? communication, a bachelor of communications, but really? it, it, it touches on some psych, like psych- psychology. So as is well. that three years? Uh, yeah, three years. But because of uh, the diploma that I did yeah. in music, um, they've shaved off like eight electives. Oh, sweet! That's so a year. It's like one to two years if I do it full time. But um, I kind of want to do it part time because I'm doing really well, like with less, and I'd rather do mm. well and and take bite sized pieces out of it as opposed to mm. dumping like four units on and trying yeah. to um, get yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting. Like um, I was learning about like in intrapersonal communication, like basically that everyone has a voice in their head. <laughs> that, that tells him like you know how you, when you think of stuff right there's, yeah. there's a voice there's yeah. your voice in your head um and that voice can be amazing like it can validate it can reaffirm and all that stuff or it can be really detrimental when you start you mm. know self-doubt self-esteem stuff like that and it's amazing how if you just repeat certain things in your head they can become truths even though they're not true yeah, like whether it be how you look or how if you're not good enough or or stuff like that, you, c- it's like kind of this mental alchemy where what you think you slowly b- become, which mm. is really quite frightening, but but also quite empowering at the same time. Yeah, so if you look at it like uh, you're not your thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. then the only thing that's real is language. So when you when you uh, declare that you are something, if you say it out loud. You can make it true. So you can, if you use your language as the only truth that you hold, so your thoughts or feelings are just there to maybe guide you. Sometimes they lead you astray. You just basically take advice sometimes, but you can put them to the back of your mind. You know, someone mm-hmm. like your thoughts might say, oh, that guy hates me because he didn't shake my hand today. He mm. ignored me. Yeah. So he hates me, you know. Well, he doesn't. He mm-hmm. just didn't shake your hand today. And there's a million reasons why he might not have sh- shook your hand today. Yeah, definitely. And so you just say, yeah, well, he didn't shake my hand today. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know yeah. whether he likes me or not. Yeah. Chances are he probably does. Yeah. But, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah but you yeah. have to – I mean, something has to be real, and I believe language is real. Mm-hmm. I think that when you say something to someone, you need to um, stand by it. Uh, and I don't know. I think if you – it's hard to explain. 
Yeah, it is. Um, but like even even because there's there's interpersonal and, that, and that's you talking to yourself. Mm. But then interpersonal that's you the the dynamic between you and someone else mm. or you and a group. And it's amazing how many layers there are. Just with a one-on-one conversation like this, mm. there's probably six layers of truth happening at once. It's who I think I am, who you think I am, who I think you think that I am. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's all these uh, not barriers, but there's layers of understanding and context. Like, we come from a context we played together in bands for mm. like ten years, so you know we're able to just sit and understand each other better. Yeah, we have rapport. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally. Or is it we have rapport or our rapport? No, we have rapport. Well, Who knows? I'll have to start One of that. those. Yeah. It's one of. <laughs> so we're uh, in the pines, hey? Yes. Let's that's get on great. to music. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. That's Sore right. shoulder. So you're... That's great. You're playing... Um, at three o'clock. Three o'clock at In the yep. Pines. And In the Pines has officially sold out, by the way. Really? Yes. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. really cool. That's really cool. Well, uh, pre-sales via the uh, online store on RTR have sold out. Yeah. But you can still pick up tickets at, uh, I think, some music stores. Oh, okay. There, yeah, like they Mills. handed some out. Okay. okay. Yeah. So um, there's still some floating around, obviously, but... Um, well, I think it's kind of a kind of um what is it it's you know when you stick with it like when we started in 04 we would have just loved to have played in the pines and we were just beating our heads against the wall going i wonder why we're not getting these shows Mm -hmm. you know and then you just stick with it and sooner or later either they decide you're good enough or i don't know what happens but Mm -hmm. you just start getting offered really awesome shows and you're like so i i recommend anyone that's into music you just got to stick with it Mm. Because it's just good time. things happen eventually. It's just time. Yeah, things fall into place eventually, I think. Um, you either get better or you quit. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't quit, you probably get better. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, if, <laughs> that's the thing. Like it's, it, you're right. It, it is just like a time factor yeah. where even if you're terrible, you're going to nail something eventually within 10 years, right? Yeah, Whether that's it's it. how to <laughs> write better, play better, or how to you know, network better or whatever. Like eventually mm. it happens just because you're staying in it. You're staying in, in the pocket. You know, you're not. Yeah. You're not trying to climb out. Um, but yeah, it's amazing, and, and it's true. Like uh, the second you kind of don't think about the results so mm. much is when stuff starts happening. I think. Yeah. Oh, you think about the, re- or the or you've changed your idea of what the result should be. So, mm. like for exactly, me, yeah. I I stopped wanting to write music that was like catchy or trendy, and I just wanted to write music that I personally liked but mm-hmm. didn't hear on the radio like oh what's you know somewhere in between the national johnny cash and neil young or mm-hmm. you know yeah and at first i think there was a bit of nine inch nails in there with the synth stuff and mm-hmm. yeah so you just got to put it together for yourself and just be like yeah that was cool and you could you may as well release it but mm-hmm. it's i think it has to be more about you just experimenting for yourself which is yep. what something you know our friend carl yeah something he's always carl done. fox yeah 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 always done that and look where he is now you know mm. uh porsches. porsches porsches yeah 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 or porches as a lot of people have been spelling it really without the, really <laughs> without the s uh, i've been Too funny correcting some people on twitter that have been sharing it but they're sharing yeah. it as porches porch porch <laughs> porch plural um yeah many porches yeah many quite places to mean. sit and think <laughs> It it really doesn't have a, a ring yeah. to it, does it? Um, but it's true. It, it 
there's more long- longevity if you're doing it for the right reasons, I think. Mm. And I think the, the bands that do it, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but, the, you know, the bands that ride a certain wave will quickly be filtered out eventually. Like, if, if they're doing it simply to just get on radio and, and try and be successful that way, I yeah. think it, it can beat you up a lot. And then when you don't get the results, then because you're not internally doing it for the right reasons, then yeah. it can wear you down and then those bands eventually get filtered out. And well, imagine if, uh, imagine if say, our first band, Miles Vincent, mm. um, had just gotten huge and uh we just thought that's how you wrote songs you basically or like you know when i was writing songs back then i was just copying so i was just copying other songs mm. like i really wasn't thinking that hard yeah for myself you know imagine if you got famous that way you'd think that's how you write songs and you'll get famous you know mm. and i'm sure there's a lot of bands that get famous that way and yeah. and then they that's just how they write and it's just never going to be as satisfying, I don't think, yep. as writing your own sort of stuff that you just love. Mm. But, um, I mean, that's just all up to yeah. you. I well, just, that's just my opinion. We had a pretty good run with uh, Miles Vincent. That was like mm. 2000 and, uh, 2004? 2008. Oh, really? That's when we played Big Day Out. Okay. But uh, uh, what were we... Were we oh, we, 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 we were still kind of jamming after... During the TAFE days, mm. right? Uh, I don't sweet think we pity, had, yeah, sweet pity, and then where would my love life be without it? Was <laughs> the long title, yeah, yeah. Wow, we we go way back. That's, so that's TAFE, TAFE for listeners is they put you into bands, mm. so you basically get put with just whoever they want to put with. <laughs> yeah, and our band, I played roots music, and we had a heavy metal guitarist. Yeah, Daryl, you were into like Tool. Yeah, I mean anything, and then Sebastian on bass, he was just obsessed with pop music, pop music and Justin yeah. Timberlake. Yeah, and <laughs> imagine like the kind of hybrid, but it was—I can't say it was pleasing to the ears, but it was interesting. It was at th- first. there was definitely a chemistry there, even though the songs that we churned yeah. out might have been a little bit naff, but like no. there was definitely something there. Yeah, and, um, I think over time we just matured as people. And yeah. matured as musicians, and then we just got got better. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, 2008, we won that uh, unearthed uh, Triple J thing. That's right? right. Yeah, Triple J. Unearthed. And then we we played the big day out. And then uh, did we ever get any tour support? No. We had we had the odd show with like oh that's probably Lunar Parade though. Yeah, we played with Birds of Tokyo and yeah. stuff. Cut off your cut off your cut hands. Off your hands. Bands like that. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Because we were still wild, but we were getting way too drunk. You remember? <laughs> we were getting way too drunk. We weren't, we weren't. And then we blew it because we started jamming three times a week and doing band meetings and yeah. marketing meetings and strategy yeah. and coming up with all this. I mean, it just stopped being fun. Yeah. And it got too serious and I got all stressed out. So yeah, that's like it- another lesson, just not to, don't push it. Yeah. Mm. My God. Definitely don't push it, but... um. I do think, uh, like, just hanging with the band and talking is quite valuable as well. Yeah, totally. And just bonding that way. Um, mm. That's probably what keeps a lot of bands together, I think, is the ability to, to just hang out. Yeah. Not talk about music, just hang out and share ideas about stuff. And uh, That's think- why those fan bands do well, I reckon. Mm. Like Hanson and stuff. Yeah. They're just like... 
they're so happy to probably you know hang out mm. and just tour yeah so when i have like 20 kids i'll just sort of create this fan band you want 20 kids no <laughs> it'll be like the biggest band in history yeah yeah oh, i'll create my own orchestra nah that's just crazy <laughs> yeah have you been writing i have new yeah. stuff because I, I, I heard some new stuff on at the gig mm. at jimmy's stand you've got like a cover as well i played on rtr last night i played a new one uh Was it solo Nullibor? yeah it's nullable yeah cool yep I um, like that song. Yeah, that's my attempt to. Uh, I'm trying to write about more. I suppose um, it's not a real good word for it. Um, I suppose it's. It, I was always a bit safe. Yeah. I think, kind of, bit, bit naive. This stuff's definitely more adult. Okay. Um, questionable sort of morality. I don't know. Um, it seems to have a real story, story yeah. kind of vibe. Like, yeah, I definitely like the story element. Yeah, like you're kind of being told a story, and mm. then the music kind of sets the tone, sets the vibe. Yeah, to uh, structure the story around. Which well, is like, really cool. yeah, I'll give you examples because this mm-hmm. is so much easier to ex- define it. Um, like, Nalabor is about a, a guy that's um, gone to Hollywood, done all this stuff, and like met this girl across. You know, she's this just beautiful woman that lives in the next apartment. And every night, you know, she, like, undresses herself for him. It's, like, voyeuristic sort of stuff. And he's just become obsessed with this woman and then is around and just got comes back to Australia and he's lost, you know, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he, you know, and he just drives out into the desert and I don't know what happens to him. I don't say anything. But, he, you know, it's it's just, like, I suppose I'm just trying to comment on... What what's what's an actual relationship? You know, you know, is it? It's more. I'm trying to say that relationships are like companion. Um, they're companions. They're like your best friend. You know, they're not just some desirable thing. They're not something yeah. that you, yeah, lust over. Yeah, it's not, it's, sex, it's, it's not just sexual. It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's, you've got a partner in crime right like yeah that's what, what right you, you share experiences and stuff together yeah it's not just a, a love right. thing right yeah mm. well love you know it is the love thing but yeah it's not the lust thing uh yeah. lust is just destructive so that's like that's what i'm trying to deal with like in that song so like that's just an example like i've never done it. i've never tried to write anything like that before mm-hmm. and um another one is like about an ex-con who you know can't get a job and he just goes and starts fresh in like the mountains and tries to start up a new life but he's just you know he's living a lie kind of took i don't know a bit of um what's that movie history of violence yeah i kind of took it from that film if anyone if you haven't watched that film you have to watch history of a history of violence yeah it's pretty Seb's still they've been bugging me to watch that for like yeah that reason. and eastern promises, eastern promises. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You need to watch them. My God. That's just pathetic. You've had like 10 years to watch these films. I know. Um, I, yeah. I have, yeah. So I suppose I'm trying to tell these more sort of intricate stories, not just not just like pleasant lyrics, you know. Do you think there's some of yourself in those stories? Well, they're my ideas. So, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're not literal. Like, yeah. Obviously, no. I mean, when I was in Hollywood, that didn't happen. Mm. Um, yep. But um, I suppose it was just I try to think of ways to express like my thoughts in a in 
in something that I've actually done. Like I have driven across the Nullarbor and I did go to Hollywood, but I wasn't having those feelings of this guy. But like I've done those things, so mm. you can sort of draw on experiences, real experiences, and yet also put some sort of myth in there as well. Like a yeah, yeah, put some sort of fictional story, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes it a bit more real. So I don't know. That's just how I've tried yeah, yeah. to write these songs, yeah, that's <laughs> and cool. it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna definitely gonna re- record those as well, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I think we're gonna try to do a single for the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no promises. You know. Yeah. Um, can't promise anything really because just so busy. But um, yeah, I'd like to do a single. Ideally, I'd love to do an album, but I just don't see the time being there. I'm going to have to prioritize some other things this year. Right, okay. Mm. So, is it just this year that you've kind of had that um, restructuring yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, well, you know, the story go- like goes, I-, I borrowed a lot of money to do the album, so I'm going to have to work. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited because there's you know a few things few ideas i've had that i've been wanting to do for a long time you know uni being one of them but obviously i'd leave uni if i could get a job that sort of thing and i just want to take a little not i'm not stopping music i'm going to continue with music but um i definitely want to you know do some other things at the same time yeah. because you can get so uh a bit intro you get a little bit introverted not not in a bad way or oh, what is it you just contemplate a bit too much i think yeah and so it's good to just get out there and and live a bit yeah i think that definitely helps the music in the end yeah just totally. kind of uh y- you're not forgetting about it but you're just reordering reprioritizing things mm. therefore you can live a bit before you return to music and then you, you'll probably probably feel way more refreshed yeah when you sit down to write because you, you've actually been proactive in other areas of your life yeah and i think if you just slave over music sometimes it can be bad where you're just yeah. in your own head and you you're so driven uh, and, and it, so shut off from like the rest of like I find it hard, hard to function sometimes if I'm just thinking about music because yeah. like yeah you have to be a real person as well you know you have to kind of get out there and get out of your comfort zone mm. and maybe live and experience something because um, man times times getting short. Yeah, that's another thing that's really been hitting me like the last couple of years, is that this is kind of like halfway through the roller coaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So where's your sports car? Where's your little red MX Five? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> midlife crisis. Yeah, car. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you get that as well. You know that that feeling like, uh, ooh, time's kind of flying. I mean, that goes without saying, but just that that urgency starts to hit you where this yeah. isn't going to be forever like you've really got to time goes really quick if you don't if you yeah don't, that's if you right yeah like i want to have um i really want to have kids mm-hmm. um and you know have a family because i think that's like the next stage for me that's just like the natural progression for me mm-hmm. um myself you know sarah and i yep just want to have a family and start our own little gang which i think is just something i mean speaking to people about it yeah, actually settling down is, you know, just that next step for me, I think. That's yeah. Um brings its own joys. And music has it's almost like I've been able to make music just a part of my life so that it's not something I have to push myself to do. It's my hobby. I just play music now mm-hmm. anytime I get off. You know, I just play the acoustic or the piano or whatever. So it's actually kinda good. 
Mm-hmm. And you find that, damn, you, know, you can actually put a lot of time in a day doing those things that you like and still do uni or work or anything. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have talked to myself back when I was 18. Yeah. But, I think I think that's just, it's almost impossible, yeah. yeah. Like you've, you've got to probably let go of that sort of stuff, like thinking you could have done this. Yeah. I think, like I think it's, when you're thinking about that stuff, it's probably right that it happened at the time that it happened. It just mm. needs to needs to happen naturally, I think. Mm. If I forced the idea of study on myself when I was too young, I would have probably just failed. Yeah. Uh, failed the course. Cause I yeah, and not taken it in or not appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and didn't manage my time and stuff like that, which... It's very true. Yeah. Do you remember TAFE, though? That was good. Music TAFE. That, um, our lecturer, Gus, he's just retired after, was it 25 years mm. or... 30 years it was in express he was amazing oh, wow. Do you, you remember gus yeah i remember gus but i, I didn't know that was there like an it's article not, on him yeah obviously. there was there was an article on him in express he deserves way more than he, he needs, needs a statue no, he needs, yeah, a, he statue needs a statue at yeah. tafe so this guy gus he was like oh, gus was uh, warburton. warburton it was gus and phil uh, like phil his brother phil was his brother he was like he ran coordinator. the coordinator yeah he coordinated it yeah. but um gus drives bands around in his bus when they he, he picks them up at the airport he yeah. shows them the sights yeah and he just used to take us for a class and tell us stories about <laughs> try to give us advice about the music industry and the traps yeah. to avoid and uh it was funny because i valued his class like a lot simply because he was he had a way of speaking that would just really inspire you Mm. And really, kind of reaff- really validate what you're doing, and he would never ever be negative about anything. No, that's right. At, no, not a negative bone in his body. Like he's just always, this is how it is, and he'd always just say, you know, it, one day you. That that space, he was like a almost like a, an old granddad, or a, yeah, and he called you cool cat. Yeah, everyone exactly. was a cool cat, and everyone was. But he he would always set it up as if it's just a matter of time, guys. Oh before yeah, you're up there. Everyone doing really the course it. was like yeah. a possibility. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there was always everyone had the possibility of being famous to him. Yeah, yeah, and he said that time his band back in the eighties or whenever they got signed, and one of the guys in the band turned it down because he thought he'd they'd get a better deal. Hmm. And they never got another deal, and oh, wow. they just basically that was it. That was their shot, and yeah. they turned it down. He he told me that. Yeah, I thought that was a. I always <laughs> thought, you know what? If I get a deal, <laughs> I'm not going to sign. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and he was so humble. Like he he would pick up basically every massive celebrity or massive yeah. band. He would be yeah. in charge. Well, if it wasn't him picking them up, he would uh you know uh kind of get someone else to pick him up for it like he'd have a, a staff of people driving taragos around the place like um through the hotel and and to the the venue but he was so humble about if you like just met him on the street like you wouldn't oh. you wouldn't even get the vibe that he's worked with some of the biggest bands in the world yeah like, that's right even though it's just driving but like still you know. no he looked after them he yeah, was their handler well exactly. yeah yeah no he was, he was a great guy yeah but anyway that was I'd, anyone should do that. Everyone should do that course that's into music. Mm. It's just breaks breaks you out of that kind of safety net. I know, you know, when you're a soloist or you you just like been playing like singer songwriter stuff, and you're like, yeah. I want to get a band. Just do that because they just put you in one, eh? Yeah, you just got to survive. Yeah, you used to call me Warren. <laughs> First time I met Daryl, it was like, yeah, he was just going Warren, <laughs> Warren. Down the hallway. I, like, I can't what? remember how that started. I think I was talking to Seb, 
and I was like, who's who's that guy's? What's that guy's name again? Is it Warren? And you know, Seb, he'd fuck with me and be like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. call it out to him. Say Warren. Say Warren. And so, like, I knew your name wasn't Warren. <laughs> so it was, it was like half joking, half being a fucking little cunt, right? Yeah. And, but yeah, it was never malicious. I was just being... No, angry. no, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I looked at you like, what? And then Who you're the like, yeah, do you want to join our band? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, that was it's funny. funny. But the, the one valuable thing that you really learn is that everything is what you make it mm. you know you're not going to be handed a job or an awesome band after you get that piece of paper that said you completed the course mm. you're not going to be handed anything is you've got to take what you've experienced and then try and utilize it in the industry you know yeah no, no one's going to hold your hand in this fucking yeah the no, industry yeah. where there is no guidebook whatsoever exactly. there is absolutely exactly. no mm. no method whereas you know if you get a job I don't know, in the army, yeah. you start out this rank, you're going to go up to this rank after a few years, or yeah. if you've proved this, this rank, this yeah. pay, these it's benefits. linear, completely linear. Music yeah. is just like, what? You just bang your head against the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is uh, probably the uh, tough, the, <laughs> and then the stupidest industry <laughs> yeah. to be in, quite frankly, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I've learnt so much you know about myself i'm sure you have as well yeah man you just got to make up your own like little guidebook yeah well you've got you've got to see what works Do this and you do that and then yeah exactly Then you'll get there and then you're like okay i'm just gonna follow this piece of crap guidebook i've written for myself (laughs) (laughs) and the guidebook's just in your head grow your hair yeah Yeah. grow your hair Wear, wear makeup tighter wear tighter jeans yeah tighter jeans lose weight jeans yeah yeah you're like okay tick (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny there's no you either do it or you don't there's no certain way to do it there's no guarantees at all that's kind of fun though hey because you see all these different bands with such a different idea of what a live show should be Mm. you know or what song should sound like yeah you know how you meant to sing or yeah even talk to the crowd like everyone does it so different yeah so if there was a guidebook it would actually be pretty boring yeah you know it might feel a little bit more comforting yeah but yeah it is really cool every band is so different and sometimes you just see a band and you're like how do you sound so good you know, mm. um, that yeah. band you took me to see um, at the Rosemount. They were playing opposite the stage. What, are, what were they? Hyla. You you played with those guys, hey? In Fate, I, I I filled in. Well, two of the guys are from Fate. Yeah. Um, but I I filled in because they uh, lost their drummer for uh, just before like a, a round of shows. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll learn the set and just play those shows. Oh, it was cool, man. That guitarist, yeah. he was just riffing. With his wah wah pedal, and it just sounded so awesome. Mm. And um, just like a wall of wall of sound, but just really sound. cool. Yeah, yeah, it reminded yeah. me of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, sort of yeah. shredding that, that noise. Style. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the same time, it's it's hard because if you want to push boundaries, you're going to get people that really dislike the sound <laughs> as well. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's, there's that careful balance, but. Obviously, it's it depends on where you want to be as well. Wasn't that that like um, Kurt Cobain? He was he wrote music because he hated all the jocks at his school, mm. and he kind of wrote music um, to vent all that. And then when he got famous, all the jocks really liked it, and they were exactly, coming to yeah. his shows. So he wore like a dress yeah. to like 
piss them off. Yeah, to fuck with them. Yeah, yeah to, just to put them off. And that, they just went, that's cool. You're cool, man. I can wear a dress. And they just probably made him irate. I can yeah. just imagine. If that story is true, yeah. what I've heard, then I could just imagine <laughs> you can, you him can, being like, I can't win. Exactly, Anything yeah. he does is going to be accepted yeah, because yeah. he's like just considered cool yeah. like, by the world, you know? You can imagine how frustrating that would be like, the whole idea is to go against the grain and then yeah. that becomes popular. Yeah, that's the grain. That and everyone just copies you exactly, after that. Yeah. That's like a perfect time to just change up your yeah. style. Like just change it up because then what are you doing? You're just a parody of yourself. You're just going to yeah. be writing. I don't know. It's a bit weird. I mean, yeah. I've never going to reach that fame, but, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's just – I'm just talking, um, you know, I, yeah. I don't know anything about – Becoming a famous musician or a parody he, of oneself. Because Kurt, like, like Kurt Cobain, he didn't want to become a voice of a generation. No, I don't. And then I can't he, imagine he, anyone wanting to do that. He became that guy, and then like, can you imagine the uh, the pressure on you? Like, everything you do is under a microscope, and everything mm. everyone's following what you're doing. Do you reckon that we can even have superstars like that anymore with just the flood of information on the net? Yeah, I think. Super groups, do you reckon? Do you still believe in super groups? Yeah, I think that still can happen, yeah. It's just the depends on the machine behind it. I think there are still some very powerful people that can literally groom a band to be massive. Yeah. I mean, I I believe in pop bands being still massive, obviously. Yeah, One Direction is definitely huge. But, like, I reckon the last rock band that got international fame would have to be Coldplay, which was before. That was pre-net, you know. Mm. Or it's just at the beginning, yeah. Before bands could like self-market themselves. Um, yep, yep. I don't know Definitely. if there's been like a massive world-breaking. Well, you've got rock like band. you know, obviously like Kings of Leon, that sort of thing. That was early. That was a while ago. That was a while well. ago. Yeah, Coldplay is still going. Yeah, yeah. They just churn out an album every year or two. Yeah, I just reckon it's more about the cult band now. Yeah, you know, just like that sort of. I read somewhere there's uh, three stages of fame. Mm-hmm. You've got your indie band, your cult icons. They make around, they sell about 80,000 units mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you've got your Delta Goodrums, which sell about 2 million. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, it's just about where, where you sit on that. Yeah. And you can, they reckon you can make money if you're that cult sort of level, selling about 80,000 albums. Yeah, you, you can, can probably live, yeah, live relatively health mm. yeah but then yeah then you've got your th- millions of indie bands <laughs> like yeah and especially now with the like th- this topic gets brought up a lot like with with the internet and stuff like is it oversaturating things like is is music too easy to get now look at soundcloud right mm. i mean it's just non-stop everyone with a computer is putting out music have you seen that movie frank no i haven't no okay it's about this there's one guy and he's a genius right and there's some other musicians that are okay but they basically have just swarmed this guy and there's this one dude in particular who just really doesn't have it he doesn't really he wants to be a musician really bad mm-hmm. but he just hasn't written anything for himself yet mm-hmm. and he kind of leads frank astray sorry i'm going to ruin it this is a spoiler alert <laughs> he, he leads him astray wanting like fame south by southwest offers and stuff and he, they, he just ends up writing pop music and not loving his life anymore because he's just trying to 
you know make be it famous, yeah. be famous and mm-hmm. it's just about like there's this one guy wanting fame and frank just wanting to write good music mm-hmm. and it's really funny maybe you should still watch it because it is just incredible but like um what was i getting at damn lost my train of thought music's hard mm. <laughs> no no yeah it's just about the whole uh yeah where you want to be and just is there any oh no soundcloud and all these people that are just putting out music that's yeah. not necessarily very good but anyone can put out music now there's yeah. no there's no like uh, yeah that's what i wanted to say there's no sort of stages of filtering out just crap mm. there's so much crap yeah that you can't filter it exactly. out like before you'd have to get onto the radio yeah i mean that's hard that's really hard that's to really do. really really hard but in a in a in a weird way even though you know, essentially, those DJs and corporations are kind of the gatekeepers of what music. Yeah. Gets oh, they're still. Yeah, they're still definitely. In those. a way, though, it's still kind of like there, there was some sort of a standard, even though people would disagree with what should be popular and what. what oh, obviously, there's brilliant people that have never exactly. been played. But, yeah, but definitely. you're right. There, there is that hurdle you have to cross to get on. Yeah, yeah. That you kind of had to stick with it for a few years. Yeah. Be you know a working band at least like be able to tour yeah. or have toured or tried yeah you know but now literally you can just make a song in your bedroom and put it up. and then yeah. you'll be like and you could technically be massive but yeah. normally i mean if someone finds a guy and his song is so incredible that he becomes world famous he probably deserves to be world famous but it's just like there's so much out there mm-hmm. you know you get a little bit oh well where's my you know album gonna sit and yeah. it just costs more money to then put your album ahead of all that other stuff and try mm-hmm. to publicize it or yeah you know like get it to the right ears and it just costs money and that's mm-hmm. just not what i wanted to do you know that's not what i wanted to do with this music stuff so and you know i'm sick of spending money yeah it it is uh unfortunate that money is still the biggest deciding factor yeah like oh it helps some you people can get it you know well i got reviewed in rolling stone mm-hmm but that was thanks to our publicists. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they reviewed it. It got an okay mark. You know, it got three stars. I was super happy. Like, mm-hmm. that was like, for me, that's just something I've always... I couldn't have dreamt for a cooler thing to happen to yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the fact it costs money, you know, because there's a million other bands out there that are asking to have their stuff reviewed yeah. that month, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it's and just... Yeah, just, just to be kind of... Just to have that foot in the door... Or to be a step ahead of the millions of other bands, you you do have to kind of almost have a team working behind you that are pushing it. Do you remember the olden days, right? There would be like, obviously you don't remember the olden days, but no, <laughs> I heard on this docker about Elvis, there was this like, oh, Johnny Cash docker, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There was that um, record company and they recorded, they just record records, man. That's yeah. like, so he, you'd go in to the studio, be like, you know, I'm going to play you a song. Would you record it and release it? Because they did it all. You know, they record it, then they release it. Mm-hmm. And you had to rehearse your song. They'd be like, yeah, you got five minutes. Go, you know. Yeah. And you play that. And, and, then, and then they're like, that's an awesome song. Yeah. We're going to, well, we've got another few meetings this week, but we'll get back to you. Yeah. So then they'd hear all the other people coming in. And it would have taken a lot of balls to get into that studio. Mm. But then they call you, oh, yeah, you know, you're winning. You know, we're going to record your band this friday night and you got a record and then you got a record deal though that's it like you got recorded and you got a deal yeah and they were the gatekeepers and it's kind of yeah. cool imagine if 
like producers were the gatekeepers yeah. to that. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know, it's just different. But now you can record your own music and put it up yourself. Yeah. So there's really no... There's no middleman anymore. Well, you don't getting yeah. any advice either. Like, who's giving you advice on mm-hmm. how to write a song? I know this is going to be pissing off heaps of people. No, but, but I think it's absolutely right. It's there, really helpful. There, there are components of that old world structure that still, I find, could be important. Like, yeah. just kind of, like those old A&R people, like... Tom Hanks and that thing you do, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where where they, they actually kind of groom the band and tell them what's working. And, but they, they already know through their experience what's going what's gonna to be a hit and what's not. And bring out your own strengths as well. So, like, exactly. if you and, sing and low, pushing, push pushing. that lowness, you know, yeah, like, exactly. and, and, make, you know, and develop it into something only you can do. Mm. When you don't have that guidance, yeah. and there's so much that you learn over this, you know, the years, mm. and... You just realize how little you realize how little you knew when you started, mm. but there's just not available because you can record your song, put it up, and put your name on it, and it's out there. But really, you needed help, like you know, exactly, yeah, uh, yeah. Or you could have used some help, maybe, just to yeah, make it. A you bit could better. have used some advice. Like I'm not talking about experimental music; that's mm-hmm. obviously a whole different playing field. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about pop, or yeah, rock yeah, and rock, yeah, definitely. Um, and when you don't have that voice, like what you think. Uh, mistakes someone could be like no 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 that's a good that's a good bit yeah you know what I mean like, that's right or, or the way you're playing drums like the way the, what you think was a fuck up or oh I shouldn't have gone there maybe there's something in that maybe you mm. should explore that when there's no one telling you that you, you kind of filter yourself out and then you, you can end up quite clean with the way you do things right yeah that's right quite um Safe. Everything kind of becomes safe because you're filtering things through your own ego and your, your, your own self, right? Yeah. Whereas Nothing beats like a bit of experience um, mm. and just someone telling you from experience. Like when we went to LA, we had all those yeah. drum fields and, and it was just like, nah, pick a beat, man. Mm. And that was just awesome. Rick was, Rick was amazing. Like just the whole idea of, uh, you know, try something that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Like I've never had that anyone say that to me ever. Uh, in a studio format and when he said lean back in the drum kit yeah. and you're like what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean lean back what do you yeah, mean yeah, yeah. and he's like physically just lean back a bit yeah <laughs> it was so that you played what is a bit behind or um, it was like he just wanted to make it yeah when you cool. when you kind of lean forward you uh you tend you tend to rush things um but when you're you like, lean what back do you mean? yeah when you lean back you tend to kind of drag things a bit and also the um when you lean forward, when you hit the kick drum with your foot, you lean into it, so you kind of mute the kick, so mm. it's just a doop, you know? Yeah. But when you lean back and you're letting the beater kind of breathe a bit, like you're just tapping on it, it has a whole new sound immediately, yeah. which I think probably suits husband way more, like just leaning back a bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that old kind of almost 70s way of playing, like just lean back and yeah you know like the doors and all those awesome bands like um but yeah just just your posture alone when you play can affect the entire outcome of how you play it Hmm. which is super interesting yeah yeah i mean who wouldn't know that i mean that's amazing i wouldn't have picked that up yeah i wouldn't have known that at all um that was a really cool experience like that that story comes up a lot like even when you're not here like la is something i bring up a lot because it was such a a cool experience i think 
yeah, I think massive so learning curve, and it was so fun, like just being in this house essentially, yeah, watching the live stream of Coachella, yeah. Um, that it's was just really such cool. a bizarre city, yeah. isn't it? It's like a giant. It looks like Perth, but it's just giant, and mm. its main income stream is something like. And it's just entertainment industry is yeah. the main. It's instead of mining, we just <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it was so <laughs> it was so cool to like run into people that are living paycheck to paycheck, just like being an extra mm. in a series or something, and then that will pay for a couple of months' rent, and then they just yeah. sit on that. It was really cool. Very really, yeah, really, really really cool. And the sandwiches, man. <laughs> Cheap sandwiches. Cheap sandwiches. Two ninety nine. Ah. They'd always have a pickle with a sandwich. So they? good. We should yeah. adopt that here. But um, yeah. I know I've also always got to watch myself from uh, singing, you know, its praises too much because, yeah, it's just too it's too cool. And then I just ramble on, blah, blah, blah. And the beer's so cheap and the <laughs> shot glasses are huge and yeah. this is fun. Yeah. And they free pour sh- when they mix, man. Yeah. They, I just don't, gotta, they don't measure their shots. I've got to shut up. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a awesome experience, though. Um yeah, it's something that really sticks out in my mind. And plus the fact that we're, we were overseas. That was the first time we'd ever gone overseas as a band as well. That's right. Which is really, really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the Pines, uh, my band's playing at like around 8 or 8.30. So that'll be fun. Um, I've never been to In the Pines before. Ever. Have wow. you been to one before? I'm scared to say it, but no. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I don't know why. I that's, think that's weird to a lot of people when I bring when I say that. They're like, "How the fuck have you not gone to in the just, place? Gosh, what's wrong with us? <laughs> it always like, kind of passed by, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I missed it." Like I didn't. I think it was also like I've never really, I've never gone to shows, mm. so it's not like. It's not like that's the one I I used to say I'm not going to in the pines. Yeah, it's just that I don't really go to shows. Yeah. Yeah. In general. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I totally get um, that. Um, the few I've been to, it's because, I don't know, say Uncle was playing, you know, mm-hmm. Groove in the Moo or like, I don't know, someone that is just really massive to me and, you know, so I've gone. But that's like, I don't know. I'm more that's into rare. like yep. international bands, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, although, yeah. I mean, in saying that, that's not at all accurate. Like I bought Abby May's album mm. and I love that. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm super excited to see her play because... Yeah, definitely. Um, Felicity Groom's new stuff. I checked really out, good, yeah, it? and I saw her video clips and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's heaps of wicked bands playing, so mm. it's actually really cool. I don't know why. It's just something I've never been that. Yeah, I've never know. consciously like gone like, oh, I'm not going to it. It just always passed, and mm. I, I never got my ass into gear. It's basically my fault. So, so when you have you got that? You got your projection behind the band. Uh, I heard yes, there was a few tweets saying when you first rolled that out, mm-hmm. they were like, "This is the greatest show I've ever seen in my entire life." <laughs> I read that and felt a little pain. I went, "Oh, oh!" Nice. Um, what but do you mean, um, like w- when I posted it, no, no, no. I was no people were saying this is the greatest show they've ever oh, seen. Okay, right, right, I was right. like, "That's pretty amazing." That's so cool. like you, you've nailed it. Whatever. Yeah, you and know, but the, the dynamics. There, there's not that much going on except some. <laughs> black and white stuff in the back so I don't, I'm not sure why it was the greatest gig are you gonna but, uh, do another one or 
Uh, yeah. New backdrop, or is that the backdrop for this EP or the, this set? And then you're gonna. I think. When sh- I think visuals. Stuff? Visuals for Fate is something that's just gonna be an ongoing component. Hmm. Uh, and like songs, they'll be edited, and maybe some new ideas will will be thrown in. Yeah. But it like the visual side will evolve on its own. Yeah. Like the music. Are you gonna get people in next time to do it, or do you reckon you'll do it yourself? I'd like. I'd like to uh, work with people. Yeah. And just, like, I'm a big fan of producing stuff. Like, whether it's, uh, I don't like to be the guy pressing buttons. Yeah. But I, I, I like to get people together to exchange ideas. Yeah. Imagine if each yeah. song had, like, a different director. That could be cool. That would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. With, like, a brief, like, some sort of a brief, but, like, you put it all together into, like, 40 minutes of just awesomeness. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Well, Because, uh, you know, that um, when you do a video clip, you kind of got to play by a few rules. You yeah, know? yeah. But, like, you know, when it's just background to a live show, it mm-hmm. can just be visual. It doesn't have to have any narrative or anything. It can no, literally no. not make any sense yep. and just be visual. And that could just be awesome. And yeah, People yeah. could be really into that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, there's not necessarily a a story running Mm. behind it, but uh, they can just be abstract loops of things. It's just eye candy to to add to the whole hypnotic sound as well. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we try to do. But um, ultimately, uh, I'd like to get someone that's controlling it. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Because at the moment, they're they're kind of just rolling and we play to it. But to have someone actually... Uh, triggering stuff would be probably that the, sounds amazing the next level up but sounds amazing um, logistically though it's it's quite hard because <laughs> yeah I mean because um, yeah having to worry about projections at every show no it um, makes you super cool though because you can just be like no nah, you don't have a projector I don't have to play <laughs> this one but f- uh, funnily enough a lot of places do have projectors now the bird has one like Mojo's put one in recently um so it yeah i think it is like gonna be it's nothing original as well like a lot of well of course i mean velvet underground did it everyone really long time ago heaps and heaps of bands use it's just it's just like if you're not doing it now whoever does it now it's gonna be awesome because it's like yeah you know it's fresh and like i wasn't alive to see the velvet underground (laughs) (laughs) so when i see fate i'm like oh that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's new to my eyes. Yeah. Uh, well, like you said um, earlier in the podcast, like I, I, in my younger days, I used to listen to a lot of Tool. Mm. Um, oh my god! And they, their visual component was something that they took quite seriously. Like when you see a Tool video, for example, you know it's Tool. Mm. Um, and when you go see them live as well, it, you're not seeing the band perform. You're seeing kind of more of a audio visual show like a big showcase sort of thing so I've always liked that angle that it doesn't have to be about the band it can be about a higher concept like of something visual you know yeah it's a show right I mean yeah, it's a yeah. performance Thea- um, kind of theatrical you know it is it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's borderline I suppose between mm. I don't know I mean you know what it is it's like we have limited budget you can't get a light lighting show for a band mm-hmm we all know it makes you look better. Like when you play at Rosemount and the lighting guy is just on it. It's amazing. It makes the show. Yeah, yeah. It makes the show. Yeah. And you've found a way, you're super resourceful and you figured out a way to basically have it a lighting show 
every sh- every time you play mm. for like you know n- no cost mm. yeah, yeah it's really awesome man mm. like yeah just you and you're the first to do it so it's it's pretty sweet you win yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> you have won you have won um works with the band as well the black and white everything yeah well the uh you know the the ep all the all the art generally is quite mm. grim and desaturated but who knows maybe for the next album we'll push some color like go the up opposite way and do something a bit you know different so you could all wear high vids um <laughs> shirts glow sticks <laughs> that'll be amazing glow in the dark tape good like. day mate <laughs> hearing me high vis <laughs> um any more shows coming up no oh yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to say okay yeah don't worry about it if you can't say but um hey well in the pines is good enough yeah, that's going to be awesome. And I don't know, just, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of chill with my music, so mm-hmm. I'm in a good place. That's and, cool, um, man. And if we do a single, you know, it won't have to have such a big uh, lead up, hopefully. We can get it out and get, you know, give it to, you know, I mean, uh, this album has shown me that we have a few fans out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's been really awesome. Like, I yeah. mean, it feels so nice when you get messages from people from other countries saying, we have your album, yeah. we love it. Oh, my kid loves it. Can you sign it before you send it here or whatever? Like that's cool. So I kind of now really want to put out music. Yeah, not just for me anymore. I kind of want to really push myself so that I know that I'm giving them the best music I can make. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. That's really cool, man. So you can't. Yeah, I don't want to put any time limits on it. No, and I think that's. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between two and that like overthinking the whole marketing side like where, like uh, marketing schedules and what times of the year should you put this and that out like that's I don't know I've never seen something take off simply because you put it in the right window you know I think yeah. if, if it's going to take off if it's good and genuinely good it'll surpass all that well, you, you can't know. put all your eggs in one basket, mate. No, I'm just like, I'm like, oh my God, I was halfway through the saying and then I realized what I was saying and you're like, no, don't say that saying. Um, yeah, if you write one hit and you think that's the last hit you're ever going to write, yeah. well, you better try it. You better think about when to put it out. But I mean, if you're writing really awesome music. If that's your lifestyle that's what choice, you do. That's your career. It doesn't matter when you put it out because mm. the next song, if you're putting out an awesome song all the time, eventually it's going to be at the right time. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, that's what gets so frustrating with the album. You've got this album that you've spent so much time on. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to put it out and it get unnoticed because of all this other stuff going on this week. Or mm. Yeah. You're like, and we put two years and all this, you know, effort yeah, yeah, yeah. into it. Mm. So. But if you're just releasing, it's actually probably way cooler to do a single here and a single there, yeah. Because you're just basically always, always around. People, you know, people can they kind of keep you in their lives a bit more. It's not like yeah, and you, and you're kind of proving that you have consistency. Yeah, that you are churning good. out good quality stuff. Yeah, and it's not a label or someone that's uh, plotting out on a map when it should be. You know, when's a smart time to release this and that, and uh, it's not kind of overthink. But having said that, that stuff does affect the results. But um, I think if you're in it for you know the long haul, it doesn't matter when you when you release stuff. It could be any time. I think. Yeah, if it's of a yeah. high quality, mm. just yeah. put it as long out. As it's not you know shit. So. 
which I know, <laughs> I know that, yeah, you, you don't put out shit stuff, so, yeah. Well, some people might think it's pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to get that no matter what you do, I think. So can I get a Mission Control t-shirt? Um, we don't have any. We don't. We were thinking of getting some mugs. I would love a mug. Like just I'll buy a, a mug. A black mug with this circle that says Mission Control on it. Do you that, guys still do cool. conspiracy theory stuff? Uh, if it comes up, yeah, I'll talk about it. Man, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it if it comes up and I, I don't judge. But, um, yeah, everyone knows I'm kind of that way inclined anyway. So <laughs> well, I just watched X-Files. Oh, Terrible the, film. Oh, the, the film? Yeah, the second film. The oh, latest. those were horrible. God, that's, no. that's bad. Why didn't they try? I know. Oh, there's... Oh, you such go from this. Oh, such a shame. I know. They should have stopped the series at like season five or whatever yeah. when it was just at its peak. Yeah. And then just cut it before the Terminator 2 actor came in and just, why are you in this show? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not the Mulder. T1000 guy? Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, oh, I'm, I'm going to um, replace Mulder. And it's like, what? Patrick, not Robert Patrick. Um, I don't know his name. Someone Patrick. That's disgusting you know his name. I didn't think of his name. <laughs> well, these brothers with the. Uh, Singer from Filter. Remember Filter? Yeah. Hey Man, Nice Shot. Hey Man, Nice Shot. Yeah, yeah. He's the brother of that guy. Man, I used to just put that song on and just feel like... You want to fight someone? (laughs) (laughs) No. You just felt really, like, cool, man. You just walk around going, I feel so cool right now. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great song. It's dangerous in the car because your foot just automatically starts to accelerate a bit. Yeah, you should only play meditation music in the car. Or maybe that's too far the other way. Just play Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, dude, there should be a study on, like, the effects of music oh, there on is. driving. Is, I just is read it. it. Yeah. yeah, I did it in, like, week two at uni. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, I don't think hip, like, gangster rap would, would be very good in the car. Cause Distractions. It's just they yeah. did a study and um, uh, a proper um, a proper controlled study. And, yeah, if you're on the phone or if, you, if you're distracted by your music or really listening, mm-hmm. if you have any distraction whatsoever, you... You have a um, longer uh, breaking. Um, what is it? A uh, reaction time. Mm, yeah. You have a longer reaction. Time. Oh, I was I was talking more about like your emotionally how you react to stuff with certain genres of music playing. Yeah, well, you I'm don't sure, want to start sure. sobbing in yeah. the car to some sad song. I've, I've be, done that before. You I've don't want to. I've, you don't, well, you want, don't to, want to. But Darryl. it happens. Yeah. <laughs> what is I don't know. Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Don't worry, Google Cars. They'll just drive themselves. We know. can cry you all can we cry. want. That should be their slogan. <laughs> Google Cars. You can cry all you like. Uh, you can have your hands free to cover your face as you're crying, right? Wasn't there a case where a guy put his car on cruise control? And, and he then, thought it would drive for him? Yeah, he thought it was autopilot. And it crashed and he tried to sue the manufacturer of the car. Uh, then they just like they made it into a joke in that Anchorman 2. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, oh, that whole that whole idea yeah. of just letting go yeah. and walking into the back of the Winnebago to make yourself a coffee <laughs> while the car, <laughs> the car and it goes straight off a mountain. Oh god! Oh my god! Uh, Terrifying. <laughs> coffee, anyone? Coffee, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a shame that they fucked up the X Files. I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it coming back. But oh, there's so many other awesome shows like um, Twin Peaks is not coming back now. What they're not remaking? No. T- they're not making a new. Well, season. um, David Lynch somehow got cut out of the process, so oh. it's in the hands of like the I'm not sure the company. The other guy, yeah. yeah there and was two writers to 
Yeah, and so, but as far as I read anyway, it might have changed by now, by I this podcast. So. Do you remember when we played Twin Peaks theme song at our single launch? At, yeah, at the Oddfellow. Right? Fellow. at yeah. the Oddfellow. Yeah. No one really got it. Mm. Remember, we had like one clap yeah. out of 200 people. Yeah. I heard this song. I, they've started thrashing it on Double J. Okay. How tuned in is that, man? Mm. We were playing that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I just heard it on Double J. I'm like, oh, my God. You've tapped into, the, tapped into the, the stream of the universe. The, yeah, consciousness. <laughs> yeah. That was the word. Like, we were, we were just so happy to be playing the theme song. And then at the end of the song, it was like... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ladies like all right, that went over some heads. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Lynch is not going to be part of the process, as far as I read. But um, it might still come back without Lynch. But I'm thinking, what the fuck is the point without Lynch? Like, oh, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff without Lynch was still good. Like the second series was all mm. without him, and it was all right. I think he gets a little bit crazy as well. He does. He, it, he yeah, can get a bit whack. Yep, yep. The movie was whack. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It's it's a it's set before the series. Okay. And it's um it's hard to watch. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they managed to fuck up X. Like it it ended everything on such a sour note. Mm. It's like here's a really 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 terrible movie. Yeah. To end everything. Hey on. everyone. And you're yeah. Like, just, oh great. <laughs> let's write the most yeah dissatisfying <laughs> I know it's, it's so yeah it's so B grade but um what what were some of your favourite episodes from X-Files uh season 4 is amazing there's that inbred family that yeah that's that is terrifying yeah uh they're all deformed and they're driving like old Cadillacs and shit yeah and I think there. it's in, intertwined with um past lives mm. civil war stuff I think that okay that episode yeah was all that was incredible um i don't know like all the really cool scary ones um and also the ones where they were just actually after oh the cult one there was a cult oh they're um in south south america like a hillbilly cult? there was like yeah, yeah. no they're like um like a coven of like um the whole town is in on it and okay, they like yeah. sacrifice it was so scary anyway yeah was, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. What about you? It's kind of like American Horror Story. It was sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool show as well. Uh, no, that I was going to say that episode was my favorite. The uh, the one with the the deformed family that just go around like I don't know what happened. Well, someone drove into town and they started like. Uh, what are they doing? They've started killing people. I can't remember why. They just started to kill everyone. I just love the scene where they're just driving in that old car and there's that old music playing. No, they have a baby. Okay. So there's a baby born in the family, right? Uh, And they bury it because it's just too deformed. It's really sad. It's like really horrible. And Mm. then the baby is found by the police and the authorities. And then they go to investigate the family and then the family start to like kill everyone involved in the investigation mm. so it's like cool yeah that's why yeah I just love the Mulder and Scully I like the dynamic yeah and do you know that she kind of hated him the whole yeah. time because he was like just a nut right yeah and yeah. he would just be cracking on to all the supporting <laughs> actresses no this <laughs> I don't know oh you mean behind sure. the scenes yeah she was pretty fed up with him okay I heard yeah well, he was a, so think, he was like living I mean, out his Californication. Oh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he had a sex addiction. Right. So, Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Well, I think Californication <laughs> is based on him. Based on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just, uh, this is just what I've heard. I yeah, don't yeah. Believe it. But um, yeah, it's uh, 
pretty funny. I wouldn't be surprised. So imagine her, like, yeah. So when she looks pissed off at him, I think she's actually pissed she's off actually at him. She's actually pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was like this. Did they ever make out? They did make out eventually, right? In that last, last film, the one set in the snow with some, like, uh, psych- psychic priest, there's a bit of making out. Okay. But and it's that was like, their first time? F- from memory. Yeah. yeah, man. I don't think, okay. you know. But it's really odd, and it just doesn't flow, and it's a terrible script. Yeah, and you just just sad. You just yeah, sad because it was so good. Yeah, I mean, what happened with all the aliens? It's like it's not even about aliens anymore. It's just like weird psychic stuff. It's got nothing to. Yeah, do. I don't like that. He had to get yeah. beamed up to space, right, mm-hmm. and live with the aliens with his sister. That's how their series had to end, or him dying. Mm. But, like, seriously, it really had to be, like... I think him dying would, would have been fucking epic. But in a paranormal dying way. Yeah, something like that. But it's just so so PG. So, like, oh, they're just, you know, happy in their new jobs. What, yeah. what is he, he... He has a new job. She's a doctor fucking and he's, like, something and else. Shit. Yeah, and it's like, that's how it all ends. It's like, what? But <laughs> he, like yeah, a, he needed to be beamed up to space, man. He's like a janitor at the FBI building. <laughs> That's exactly, <laughs> and he's really happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if he went missing, that would be fucking awesome. What like, the end of all of the series? Yeah, season, that missing. the last episode, Mulder goes go, missing. He don't know where he went. Yeah, just disappears. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Open ended. Cool. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I. You know what? What if he died, and then his body goes missing? Okay. And you think, oh, what if he's been zoomed, uh, beamed up into space, and brought back to life? <laughs> No, I think the whole missing thing would be perfect because if you want to follow it up in like 10, 20 years, yeah. then he could either return or... Well, that's like Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. So See you in 25 years. Yeah, right? see you in 25 years. Yeah, because yeah, he gets he goes to the uh, black the dark cabin or the black... I can't remember. Yeah. the It's like hell or whatever, or purgatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets yeah. lost, right? Yeah. And he can't get out of now from purgatory or whatever. Yeah. And... Uh, that's it. That's just how it ended. And yeah. you're like... He's just trapped. This is the worst season. <laughs> this is the worst show I've ever seen. Because uh, oh, everything was going so well for him. He had the girlfriend and he's happy. I know. Yeah. That's, that's Lynch for you, man. He just fucks with you. That guy, I mean... Yeah. Kubrick's another one. Kubrick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he likes fucking with you as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a doco out about all the... How, how, he, how hard he, it was to... How he faked the moon landings. <laughs> that's another creepy... Weird, like fringe theory that hit like Kubrick actually helped with the layering of uh, the Apollo. What was it? Um, they said that he, in case Nixon called him and it, said, in just case in they case it doesn't, footage, yeah. yeah, in case the footage doesn't come down to earth, we're actually going to need to show footage. So, can you film some for us in Hollywood? <laughs> so. By all accounts, he did actually film some. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It probably wasn't so, used. Yeah, like but like he he says he did. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. See, yeah, I, it's pretty funny. I'm probably going to lose uh, like t- <laughs> ten of my twelve listeners, but like I actually think that's a possibility. Well, who, no, but I'm pretty sure it's written somewhere that he did yeah. film it. But I don't. It's never said that it was used. Yeah, but there's no. Uh, yeah, it that was sounds realistic. Disguised. I don't that's think totally that sounds realistic. crazy. If no. if if the entire world is watching something mm. and then something goes, like a little wire fails mm. and you can't broadcast the most epic moment in human history, mm. yeah, you'd want a backup plan. Yeah. Dude, I would have more. a backup plan. It was, it, was more, it was about the space race with Russia. I carry a spare guitar to a show <laughs> to five people. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd think that the most important damn event footage. in history would yeah. have a backup. But, um, but you know, with, with the whole Russia space race thing, right? The American wanted to show that they could do it, right? Yeah, but they've so been they've so been to the moon. They've totally Buzz been Aldrin, to the moon. Buzz, when that when people say to Buzz, you can see he just looks so sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't doubt that we've been there. I I just find some of the footage like really kind of hokey. Hokey footage. Like I'm like, what what is that? It's like I went to. Uh, do you know the uh, in Melbourne they have that little art gallery. Ah, uh, not art gallery. It's the uh, little art gallery because they no, have a no, massive art gallery in Federation Square. There's that um, place where they oh, yeah, you know that place, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they had all these old TVs replicated from the moon. Like oh, okay, the, yeah, the TVs, yeah, yeah. the TVs that people would have seen stuff on. Yep, like those old beat up. Like they had like. Tube, yeah, those old black and white, black and white tube, and tube like, TVs, and they were they were playing the moon footage on those old TVs. Like yeah. this is how it looked like. It looked so shit. <laughs> it looked so blurry and just black and white and fuzzy. And it's like you could totally put anything on there, and people would go, "Oh yeah, that's that's the moon." Mate. What they should have done if it was actually um, backup footage, mm. they should have had an alien pop up, <laughs> like being like, "Hey guys." Like, and just create this incredibly elaborate story yeah. where the aliens have now best friends with America and Russia missed out on becoming best friends with the aliens. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, every unexplained thing America could just say, yeah, we've talked to the aliens. Yeah. It's them. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We know everything. We're in the loop. Yeah. Like, yeah. that would have just been awesome. But it they didn't think been. of that, yeah, did they? Yeah. 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 So just to clarify, I'm not saying that we never went to the moon. I'm just saying some of the footage is kind of weird. What if there was one guy that walked into frame, like that guy in that news studio, and he <laughs> just walks into frame with a coffee, like, and then oh, he's sorry, just like, oh, and he just backs up really quick. <laughs> I love that. You see it in the news now and then, eh? You see like a guy carrying a, a notepad or a coffee, and they walk in, they're like, whoa, and they just back yeah. up. So good. There's, there's a company that did it like a moon, like a parody of the moon landing. And they actually, they do do something like that where they kind of take off, like, they kind of allude to the fact that it was fake footage, like, as a joke. But um, it looked, even even CG lo- looked convincing enough. Like, you could totally, it's black and white, man. You can and fuzzy. And fuzzy. It's like the backdrop of fate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fate visuals. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, like, you speed up some of the footage and it's like, these dudes are just running through some sand dune in, the, in Nevada or something. <laughs> I'd do it in a set if I was going to do yeah because you have to landing, control the lighting yeah you, you got to have complete yeah. control over everything and then you got to yeah. have them all on wires as well yeah to do zero gravity yeah to to mimic zero grav yeah yeah um, but I don't know to be honest I, I don't read that much so I just look at stupid videos on YouTube so. who knows maybe in thirty <laughs> years everyone involved will be gone and um, all the documents will come out and prove that they went to the moon <laughs> yeah and all the conspiracy theorists will still not believe it. Yeah, they'll go, like, oh, well... Uh, well, we, that could be doctored. Yeah, blah, that blah, could blah. be doctored, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for any conspiracy theories. <laughs> I don't think you talk like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome, man. Well, that was a good chat. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to kind of get everyone back that I've had... Because uh, your website's over, shiny and new. Over the, over the 50... Oh, no, not necessarily. I think it's... Because, like, we, we always... Um, most of the podcasts kind of end when people are about to go off and do stuff. 
So I like getting people back on and say, well, how is that? And mm. what did you learn from it? And stuff like that. What, what was the experience like? So That's cool. You're smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, you know, kind of um, I like checking in on people and seeing how they're going with stuff, I think. Um, and to be honest, I've hit that wall where I've talked to like just about everyone I know. <laughs> so this so is... it's like, fuck, I've got to like... Just... So wait, 50 shows, 50 people. You know, 50 people. I know about 50 people. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I could introduce you to another 70 people. Ooh. Well, that... At Sarah's last party, I think we had 70 Ooh, guests. 70 guests. Um, well, <laughs> by that I mean I know 50 people well enough that they will come on the show. Yeah. Not, but I know more than, more than 50 people, but like, yeah. If I meet is. someone that is particularly interesting, mm-hmm. I will pass, pass them your card. Cool. The janitor at the Seven Eleven. You never know. <laughs> you he never could have know. filmed the moon landing. He could, he could have been the guy. He could have been the, the alien backup guy. That they were just they're like, oh, uh, nah, don't come out. Don't don't do it. I know. It'll be a downward spiral. No, <laughs> we're not introducing aliens. No, don't. Not don't do it. Uh, in the pines, you're playing at three thirty. Three. Three. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hu- check out husband. Stage A or B? I guess it doesn't really Stage matter. A. Because they're, they're right side next by side. to each other. Right. You can't really miss it. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully no uh, technical failures this show. Okay. Thank God they happened last show. Yep. So I can sort out my gear. Yeah, at Jim, pretty... Jimmy's Den, I think yeah. they're one of the... Le- but that's, that, was all, that, could, that could happen to anyone. Dude, it, it's scary. It could. If it was it something that you, like, like that. you might happen and you ignored it. Yeah, and then you know I, it's annoying. It works again, so it's like, what was it? Yeah, I've got to change everything now yeah. just to be sure. Cost money. That's the one thing that I hate about yeah guitar, like a long chain of guitar pedals. Is yeah, at any part of the sequence, like something can fail and then you're fucked. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with the MIDI stuff as soon as that kit gets good enough. Mm. Run everything through like some sort of just like brain. A virtual amp. <laughs> yeah, you know? just run it all into the PA out the front. Yeah, and just have all MIDI pedals. Yeah, I really, I'm not, I'm not a Puritan anymore. Yeah, I really don't care. Anything that's just super easy and quick and sounds good, because it's really more about the performance, not about your quip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all about. Yeah, remember Muse? Muse had fake amps on stage. He would have a fake cab that he would pick up and throw around. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and all his pedals were MIDI, and this was like ten years ago. So it's yeah. like, you know, all these... Yeah, anyway. Doesn't matter. Well, even, even like Slipknot, like some of, the, some of the drum cans that the percussion players play on aren't even really mic'd up. Do you remember when we played Telethon and your drum, your drum kit yes. just had stockings? Yeah, yeah. As skins? It was just like uh, some wire mesh on the, on the skin. <laughs> and it looked so <laughs> stupid because I was hitting... <laughs> Like the beat, the beat, uh, would, the beat, like over the PA would just be yeah. like a robotic dance beat. But I'm like hitting symbols and stuff yeah. that, that, like you can't even hear it. It was so. It and was I was so like, silly. "Could I please have a lead from my guitar into something?" Yeah. And I'm just having to dance yeah. on stage with this guitar not plugged into anything. <laughs> uh, this feels so bad, but no one cares. You had to mime on the keyboard as well. Dun, yeah. And I even learnt it. What was the point of that? <laughs> what was the point of that? Just so your hands could roughly be in the right area of the keyboard. Yeah, but 
you, who cares? It would have yeah, been funnier if I'd messed it up. <laughs> I know. You should have held, like, yeah, one note. Yeah, just hit one note and stood there staring at the crowd. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. See ya. Um, see ya, man. <laughs> thanks. I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll get you back again and hopefully with, uh, with Seven all that and we'll have another chat. Yeah, man. That's That'll be right. fun as hell. Uh, 3 o'clock in the Pines and 8.30 in the Pines on stage B for Fate. That's going to be awesome. Thanks, man. Catch you later, bro. Bye.